Today is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. Welcome to the Eploribus Podcast. Every Wednesday, we do something called Wednesday Wisdom, and uh, it's a popular hashtag on social media. And uh, Wednesday's the middle of the week. It's the day we know that in two more days, it's Friday, then it's the weekend. We all like Wednesdays. Today's podcast I want to dedicate to the first responders, to the men and women who are on the front lines of this coronavirus crisis. We lost a member of our family uh, last week to the coronavirus, Aunt Bert, as we fondly called her, and she lived a long life. Uh, She was in a nursing home. She was suffering from the effects of Alzheimer's for the last few years, and um, you know, If you're lucky enough, you live to be an older man or woman. You live to be seasoned. You live to get to the twilight years of your life. And when you are coming to the end of your life, there's probably nothing more important than your loved ones and having people that love you and look out for you and take care of you and sit with you and hold your hand and visit you. This coronavirus has not only now, as of today, killed 45,000 of our fellow Americans. That number doubled from the end of March until now we're heading towards the end of April. We've lost 45,000 and counting. And of that number, a good number of our senior citizens, our older citizens, men and women who are in nursing homes, have succumbed to this virus. You know, I was thinking about, you all know me, you listen to me, you follow me, you see me on television, you read what I write. I'm, I'm a positive person. I, I believe in, a, I'm, a, I'm a glasses uh, half full. I'm a optimist. I'm an overcomer. I'm a, uh, a survivor, but not just that, a thriver. So it's hard for me to not see the silver lining in things. And so as I was reflecting this morning in my morning prayers and quiet time about where we find ourselves, this virus uh, is devastating. It is virulent. It is, uh, this isn't about people protesting. This isn't about what Governor A is going to do versus Governor B. It's not about presidential press briefings. It's about the human beings who are the face of this virus. Uh, Over 800,000 Americans that we know of are infected, and that's because our testing is just woefully behind. Anyone that says that we've been testing adequately is just wrong. We haven't and we aren't. I don't know if it's because we can't. I don't know if it's because we don't have the will, the resources. I don't know. I know what you all know. But I wanted today on this Wednesday Wisdom just to talk about the men and women who are really holding us together. It's not the politicians, it's the nurses. My mom is a nurse. And I'm thankful every day that uh, she is not working right now. Because if she were, she would be on the front lines of this here in Virginia, where in the DC metro, we are beginning to climb. And we're seeing, I hope, plateauing or flattening in New York and New Jersey and Louisiana and places that have been hard hit. But I want to talk about not just those workers, but the x-ray techs, the people that have to intubate, the people that have to clean up, the people that are bringing food, 
the people that serve coffee, the people that uh, are there with our loved ones when we can't be. I I think about Aunt Bert and I wonder, uh, what was it like for her? Her family couldn't visit her. And this is happening to some neighbors of mine that have parents in nursing homes. They can't see them. Uh, You're lucky if you can get a FaceTime, if you can get a nurse or someone to help for a few minutes to put a camera to your loved one's face. But I think about her, a woman who buried two sons before her, her only two sons. Uh, She had a tough life. And yet she always had a smile, always had a, uh, when you'd see her at family gatherings or go visit her small home in Camden, New Jersey. uh, She remembers the Camden that used to be a bustling city, uh, a manufacturing town. Campbell's Soup was the big employer uh, of the community of Camden. It, it, it helped to create the middle class in southern New Jersey and Philadelphia suburbs where I grew up. And I think of her and I think she deserved better than to not have her family there. She deserved to have people sitting with her and standing with her and praying with her. They all deserve that, but they didn't get it. And I've really been thinking a lot about, again, the men and women who every day wake up, they've got small children or they're young people just starting out. They just got out of nursing school or med school or tech school or whatever they're doing. They get up every day knowing that when they go to the hospital or they go to the Starbucks or they go to the Trader Joe's or they go to the Vons or the Rouse or the Food Lion or the Wegmans, or they go to Target or Walmart, or they go to the Amazon plant, or they go to the meat plant, wherever they're going, they know that they're at risk, but they go still. And they go because they're Americans. And many are immigrants. And they love this country, and they love the people of this country so much that they put themselves at risk so that we don't have broken supply chains, so that we can have milk and bread and food so that we can get medicine, so that if we're sick, we can be treated at the hospital. They test at risk to themselves. Some of them in car lots where you can drive up and get a test, others in labs. And God bless those that are working right now with CDC and Louisiana State University, particularly Shreveport, I wanna give a shout out to. Um, And I want to really say thank you to those working for a cure in partnership with Hopkins and Harvard and other of our top universities. I'm thinking about you today, and I'm thinking about you because we should think about you and we should pray for you. And I think what really has touched me is it's touched over 45,000, the family members of 45,000 dead Americans, is that maybe we didn't see you before as much as we should have. Maybe we didn't say thank you enough. Maybe we didn't know how precious you were. And... I wanted to just today say we know and we thank you. But the wisdom of this is what I asked early on. If you go back to one of my podcasts, probably at the very end of February, very beginning of March, I asked a question and I'll ask it again. Who do you want to be when this is over? Who do I want to be? Are you thinking? Are you reflecting? Are you changing? Because I know I want to. When you sit this long at home and I'm someone that works at home when I'm not on the road so working at home was not a big switch for me 
for many of you, it's been traumatic. Uh, you were used to going to your office. You were on the road. Maybe you're a pharmaceutical rep. Maybe you were a salesperson. Maybe you were somebody, a, a, a flight attendant, a, a pilot. You owned a restaurant that was booming, and now you're barely making it. good friend of mine owns nothing but cakes here in uh, Northern Virginia. And if you've never had one, boy, you're missing out. But she went from having this booming business to getting ready to open another store to now just curbside deliveries, uh, wondering if it's worth it. That's where we are. 22 million Americans unemployed. The new figures will come out tomorrow, Thursday, and I'm sure they'll be bad again. Small businesses devastated, struggling. Uh, Big business devastated and struggling. Some are hanging on. Many will not come back. And I'm going to ask you again, who do you want to be when this is over? Are you going to dance more? Are you going to love more? Are you going to sing in the shower? Sing when you're walking down the street? Are you going to have a life? Because so many of us did not have a life before this was over. And again, uh, before this started, rather. And again, I think about Aunt Bert. Excuse me. She had a long life. But she deserved a longer life. And she certainly deserved not to die from a faceless virus by herself as so many tens of thousands of our fellow Americans have and sadly will. Uh, We're nowhere near flattened from this. We're nowhere near out of the danger. The CDC folks are already talking about what this thing is going to look like in the fall. And I know that that scares all of us. It scares me. Um, I make my living speaking and consulting and teaching and I do well. But There's no speaking now, and there's webinars, there's Zoom. There are some things that we can do, but it has cut everybody's revenue in half or a third or maybe all together gone. And we wonder, when is this going to be over? When can we come back out again? When can we sit on our patios again and and fellowship with our neighbors and our family? When can we have birthday parties? When can we have weddings? When can we even bury our dead? I'll ask you again, who do you want to be when this is over? Because it matters. And I want to just say to you, and then the message is yours, is that if you have not stopped to reflect in these last five weeks, four weeks, six weeks, whatever you've been shut in in your state, if you have not stopped to look at your kids differently, to look at your spouse differently, to Uh, treasure and value your family differently, to connect more, to listen more. I listened to Governor Cuomo talk about, again, um, in a press conference uh, last week about the relationship that he now has with his daughters as a result of this virus. He now has time to really talk to them. He And he's the busiest governor, arguably, in the country because he has the most cases and the most deaths. But he talked about the true connection now, the listening, the paying attention, his brother, Chris, with coronavirus, Chris's wife with coronavirus, and how it stopped him in his tracks. Amidst being busy and and having the responsibility for millions of New Yorkers, he has found a way to get closer to his kids. I would encourage you and me to get closer. I would encourage you and me to think about what we want and what we don't want. I would encourage you and me 
As John Keats once wrote, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. A thing of beauty is a joy forever. What beauty is there in your life? What makes you happy? What makes you laugh? What makes you love? What makes you live? What makes you run, jump? What makes you know that there is God, that there is hope, that there is faith? Because you got to get your mind right this morning. You got to get your mind right this morning. The topic today is mindset. It's everything. And it is. So your mindset matters in this virus. Your mindset matters as we go through. Your mindset matters on how you're going to recover when this is over. Your mindset matters about how you're going to emerge from this. I pray for you and me both better human beings. Because if we missed that one, we missed it. If all you are taking away from this, friends, this morning is that you need a bigger stock portfolio, you need a bigger house, you need more money, you missed it. Yes, we need money to pay our bills and to feed our families and to help our loved ones. Yes, we do. But that's not what this is about. That's not what this moment is about. This moment is about something bigger than us. This moment is us. And so I just want to encourage you to wherever you can in your community, send cards, write, drop off food to the proper place where they can give it to the nurses and doctors. Uh, Do something for those that are doing everything for us. Uh, Remember those we lost. Uh, Get to know their names, their faces. The news outlets have done a great job putting together pictorials and Um, sharing stories of the men and women and the kids and the teens and the college kids and the the young people that we've lost, as well as our seniors, our greatest generation, baby boomers, Xers, millennials. We're losing people from every generation. So I ask you again, who do you want to be when this is over? Get your mind right. Get your mind strong. Get off the couch. Stop watching Netflix. Stop eating. Get up and exercise. Get up and light a candle before everybody else gets up. Get up and sit with your coffee, your tea, your 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 your, your fruit drink. Get up. Walk, run, bike, hike. Keep your body strong. Keep your heartbeat strong. Keep your hope strong. Keep your face strong, but most of all, keep your mind strong. One of my favorite books by Joyce Meyer, Battlefield of the Mind. One of the best books I've ever read. I recommend every human being on earth read that book. Because that book tells us about what the battle is about. And the battle is not to the person who's the strongest or the smartest or the wisest. The battle belongs to the person with the strongest mind. With the greatest belief in what he or she can do. With the greatest hope of who he or she can become. With the greatest hope of opportunity. With the belief that my mind is what matters. Not my circumstance, not the the moment of the coronavirus that's taken my job or my business or taken a member of my family or members of my family. Folks, there are people among us. I lost one. There are people who lost several. There are whole families wiped out over in Europe, here in the United States, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, husbands, wives, grandparents. This is real. This is as real as it gets. And I'm going to ask you again, who do you want to be when this is over? Who are you going to emerge from this 
virus, this scourge, this pestilence. Who are you going to be when this is over? I know for me, Sophia, I've been thinking a lot. I'm writing a lot. Today's a writing day. And I'm thinking a lot about what's the rest of my life look like? And when I leave this earth, who will people say that I was? What will they say about me? What will I leave behind? What is my legacy going to be? I wasn't blessed to have children. And at this stage, despite technology and all the things that we can do in biology, I will not have children from my body. That's something I've been thinking about a lot. I wanted a house full of children my whole life. Didn't work out. I could not have them. And I want to speak right now as I'm winding this podcast down to those who feel disappointed right now. It's real. To those who feel like, oh, hell is broken loose. January looked fabulous and April is unrecognizable in this new year, in this new decade. 2020 is not going to be a year any of us will ever forget. It's not going to be a year we're going to look back on fondly. Weddings were canceled. We couldn't bury our loved ones. We couldn't mourn businesses that we love to frequent. Boutiques, restaurants, gone forever. Our favorite spots, being able to go to the drive through a Starbucks or wherever you go for your coffee, not working right now. The fear every time you go to the grocery store or have to go out to get food for your family or take a loved one to a doctor or, or whatever it is. I want you to know that uh, disappointment is a part of living. Loss is a part of living. Uh, but I want you to know that no matter what, you lose. Um, joy can be found again. Love can be found again. Um, laughter will be had again. Friendships will be restored again. Um, peace is possible. Even when everything you thought your life was going to turn out to be, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, Everything that you thought your life was going to turn out to be, maybe it's unrecognizable. Trust me, I understand. I get up sometimes and I sit on the edge of my bed and I say, God, what happened? Didn't I do everything right? Didn't I go to school and I didn't get myself in trouble? I, I played by the rules. I tried to be a good person. And what happened? And the truth is, life happened. Living happened. Life happened. The 45,000, sit with that number, 45,000 of our fellow Americans are gone. This is April. Now, people have likened this pandemic to the flu, and they've talked about, you know, more people are killed in car crashes, whatever. That is utterly preposterous. We have lost 45,000 fellow human beings just here in the United States. And by the way, we have the most and the highest death rate of any country in the world by far. 45,000 people who on January 1st, 2020, like all of us the night before had celebrated New Year's or maybe, uh, you know, they just gotten married or, you know, they were looking forward to their retirement or they, you know, were about to take that big trip, that honeymoon, uh, take their parents on an anniversary celebration, take the kids and show them some of the world. Whatever it is that these folks had planned, 45,000 people like you and me on January 1st, 2020, had no idea 
that by February, March, and April, they wouldn't be here. So I'm going to ask you again, what are you going to do with this moment? And who are you going to be when this is all over? Do not leave this virus unchanged. Do not leave this moment unstirred. Do not leave this moment not loving your loved ones more or or understanding that if you've had a family of toxicity and dysfunction and people who haven't been very kind to you and people who haven't loved you because, by the way, we all deserve and are worthy of love. If that's been your experience, make a choice that you will create your own family, your own relationships. You will build a strong row of friendship. You know, family is biology, folks. The family that we get is biology. Some of us didn't get great mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. Some of us had very abusive, unpleasant experiences. But that's the family you got. You get to choose the family that you spend the rest of your days with going forward. You get to choose joy. You get to choose happiness. You get to choose people who love you. I always like to say, stop being the go-to for people you can't go to. Stop it. Life's too short. If we learn nothing else in the midst of this terrible global pandemic, if we learn nothing else, we know that life is fragile and that it can be taken away from us at any moment. So live it. Live it. I say this to, I'm talking to me. You have no idea the things that are going through my mind about wholesale life changes. Like, you know, I thought that I wanted to run for office and that's something I've wanted to do my whole life. And I thought, you know, it's something that I'd be good at. And people, I get asked all the time by, you know, state party chairs and people, when are you going to do it? We need you. We need your voice. But you know what? I don't know if I want to do that anymore. I have a gift in my pen. I have a great platform. Uh, I've got projects now in Hollywood. There's this whole new world. Maybe I'll pick up and move. And maybe I'll just have a more peaceful life where I create and I travel and I speak and I have love in my life and, 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 and a family and, and all those things that maybe we take for granted. And... Again, it's never too late to have a life, and it's never too late to change one. It's never too late to have a life, and it's never too late to change one. Don't forget that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm thinking about it. I know my mind is thinking about things I've never thought about before because I get that this life is fragile and it's precious, and I get that if I'm lucky, i got another 30 years left, and that's if I live into my 80s. And with my family, gene pool, grandmother, it's 90, other family members live long. I'm probably uh, lucky that I may get to live to be in my 80s, maybe older. But you know what? The living happens right now. So you got to push past the pain and the hurt of what used to be or what it was like or what you thought it was going to be like because that's gone now. I've been through this a couple times in my life, not a virus, not a pandemic, but loss and grieving and disappointment but I keep getting back up and I take it and I use it and I emerge out of it better and that's what I'm asking you to do I'm asking you to come out of this better I'm asking you to be like the butterfly 
the metamorphosis, the, the cocoon that's dark and dank and wet and, and ugly, the ugly caterpillar that emerges into the beautiful butterfly. That's what we have to do with this moment, folks. We can't let it take us out. We can't let it make us cynical. We can't let us make us angry and violent and mean and yelling and shouting at each other. That's not who we're supposed to be. We're Americans. And I did a podcast on this. If you missed it, the last four letters of the word American spells I can. I can. American. I can. Don't forget that. I hope you guys have a blessed rest of the week. Uh, We'll pick back up with our guests. We had a very busy Easter week, Holy Week. I had five or six guests on. It's a lot of work to do that. We're going to get some experts on to talk about health disparities. We're going to get some folks on to talk to us about the context of what happened with China and the virus. Is this something that was created in a lab? Is it due to bats? Is what is it? What's what? What is this virus about? We're going to talk about some stuff, and then in May we're going to try to get back on course with uh, some folks from Thomas Jefferson's Monticello and talk about some history. And um, we got some good stuff lined up for you. So uh, look forward to it. Thank you for supporting the podcast. It's doing great. Um, We're excited and we're blessed and we just thank you for your support. Uh, God bless you and God keep you and God bless the United States of America.